good to see you, or at least some of you. Uh, and it's good to see you who are still joining us on Zoom. And uh, some of you are in the cars. Well, hello, good to see you too. And uh, God gave us a really great morning to start uh, worshiping outside. And uh, we're really thankful for that. Um, if you can block out the traffic sounds and the garbage cans and the brick buildings, it's almost like we're being out in nature, right? It's almost like that. So uh, let's uh, pray together, and uh, then we will uh, spend some time in uh, God's work. Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, this time, this space, this gift of worshiping together. Thank you that we are called your people. Um, thank you that as you call us, you call us to a renewed sense of your presence, a renewed sense of life, a purpose. Uh, in this world that, uh, that engages us to proclaim your glory and to be, uh, to be outposts of, of your love and your grace. Lord, thank you that uh, this time of being gathered to worship can energize and mobilize uh, that calling. Help us to, um, yeah, to be nurtured and restored and refreshed today as we spend time in your presence. For all of these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, when we um, began this quarantine season, we didn't have the luxury of knowing that it was about to start. Right? Nobody said uh, three weeks from now we're all about to go into quarantine, and so we have to plan out uh, what we want to say to everybody. And so there is no um, wondering about what's the last word that we say to a congregation uh, gathered in a sanctuary before we all disperse for months. Uh, there's no preparation for uh, you know one final series to send us all off and into quarantine. Uh, it just sort of happened to us. Uh, on the other hand, as we've been thinking about coming back together, uh, we have had the luxury of some time. Uh, we have had the uh, space to do some thinking and some planning. I'm really grateful to the shepherding elders for leading the way in designing and implementing some of the, the strategies for re-engaging uh, for the whole consistory and their uh, prayerful, thoughtful engagement with each other uh, and, uh, and with um, uh, sort of the best information that we could gather. Uh, so we've been in this conversation thinking, how do we get to a place of being able to gather again? And we, we knew that this day was coming. And in one, in one way, that was really good. Uh, it was good to have that to look forward to. It's good to know that it was coming. But on the other hand, all of a sudden, I felt this tremendous pressure, right? What do you say when you're back together again for the very first time? It feels like a, a, a brand new church launch uh, just beginning. And so uh, that's a challenge and a pressure uh, for a preacher. Uh, adding to that, I suspect that as we gather here today uh, and on Zoom, that uh, the needs and the expectations that we bring are um, just all over the map. Uh, I suspect that as we uh, gather here today, uh, we come from uh, some very different uh, places, experiences, we come with some very different kinds of hope. And so I thought uh, that what we would do is turn to the lectionary, the common lectionary, um, and use the lectionary readings as the uh, outline of our uh, teaching for the summer season. 
I had a uh, professor in seminary who used to say, uh, one of the great values of the lectionary, uh, which is just a, uh, a, a sort of list, the design of scripture passages uh, that, the, that the whole universal church is invited to use. Uh, and, and this professor said, you know, one of the great benefits of the lectionary is that it, uh, it delivers the congregation from the whims of the preacher. And so um, today we have a, a prescribed lectionary reading and you will be delivered from the whims of the preacher. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if I had the time to sit down and, and finally figure out what to say, um, I wouldn't necessarily have turned to this particular psalm. But this is the psalm that the lectionary gives us today. And uh, as we hear God's word, I think that we'll discover that it actually does address the whole array of needs and expectations, uh, hopes, and fears that we bring with us today uh, to this regathering. Uh, and incidentally, uh, the lectionary is uh, organized in church seasons or seasons of the church calendar. And so uh, we're in a particular season, and uh, any season that isn't um, Advent or Christmas or Lent or Easter or Tiffany or Pentecost, all of those seasons that we know about. Uh, this season that we're in is called Ordinary Time. And this is the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. And so uh, you might think that this is really unusual and that this is really novel, but this is Ordinary Time uh, for us today. And so as we come, um, the word from God's, um, um, from the Bible today in Ordinary Time is Psalm 100. Psalm 100 says this, Shout with joy to the Lord, O earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love endures forever, and His faithfulness continues for each generation. Bless God to bless this reading, His holy and inspired Word. On this uh, ordinary time Sunday that happens to fall during a time that seems far from ordinary, uh, we hear the words of this psalm, uh, th these declarations, this invitation, this command really uh, that says come and praise God express joy sing worship do what you're made to do and as we hear those words uh, one one writer said uh, this sort of peppy uh, psalm uh, I suspect that the words of the psalm land very differently on many of us today uh, for some of us we hear the words of the psalm and we resonate uh, deeply and profoundly with this call to come and to sing and to lift our hearts and to worship with joy. Uh, it, it thrills our spirits to be able to gather, even in this way, to come and to worship again with God's people. Uh, just coming to worship practice this past week, when we were setting up and doing some uh, run-throughs of some of the music out here, uh, worship practice was emotional. Uh, it, it, it was a 
uh, it was like uh, reconnecting with a long uh, lost family member. And in many ways, uh, that's an appropriate response. Uh, because all throughout God's Word, we're told over and over again that what we were made to do, what we were created to do, is to be worshipers of God. That, that we will not only spend time, but all of eternity uh, using our, our bodies and our voices, using our lives to worship and to express praise to our God. And so uh, we resonate with that call, and it feels like we've arrived home again to be here to sing. For some of us, we resonate with that sense of coming back to sing and to worship together, uh, maybe with a renewed awareness of the fact that we were made for this, that we're stepping into our design. Uh, you know, uh, the familiar phrase is that uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And in the absence of gathered corporate worship, uh, we were sort of reminded of how much we value the gift of worshiping together. And so we come and we know that this is good. And we resonate with the words and the invitation of the psalm. Others of us, though, come uh, to this psalm with all of its joy and all of its peppy singing, and it sounds like it's the wrong note. It sounds out of place. It sounds uh, discordant. Uh, to how we actually feel this morning. Uh, we don't necessarily feel very worshipful. Uh, maybe we just look around today and we register how different this is. That this isn't the same. This isn't meeting our, our hopes and this isn't, this isn't uh, what worship is supposed to be like. Uh, we come today from places of incredible loss. Uh, we come today uh, perhaps grieving uh, financial devastation. Maybe we come with grief. Many of us uh, in this time of quarantine have walked through the valley of the shadow of death. And we have uh, the, the names and the stories of friends and family members who were gathered with us the last time we were together as a church and who are not here anymore. I admit that uh, I come to a day like this uh, watching uh, the cycles of the news, uh, paying attention to uh, protests and riots. And I admit that I come uh, with something of a broken heart. Uh, my heart is broken for the deep, deep divisions in the body of Christ today. Uh, it seems like every new topic that comes up, uh, whether we're talking about the coronavirus uh, or race, Every single topic that comes up seems to just reveal and deepen new uh, and profound divisions, even within the body of Christ. I'm dreading the ramping up of the political campaign season. And I mourn increasingly that I just don't understand the source of those divisions. I don't understand and recognize the values and the goals expressed by many followers of Christ. I'm confused and breaks my heart and I don't necessarily feel for me the joy that the psalmist describes. We don't feel like singing. And some of us are afraid to sing. It's not just that singing seems hollow, 
or out of place or inappropriate at this time. Uh, but singing is deadly. Uh, singing in a sanctuary can be lethal. Uh, some of us um, we know are living today cautiously and compassionately, and so they're worshiping on Zoom. Uh, we're timid about what our singing can do to our neighbor and to all of us, whether we are coming today relieved, feeling like we've arrived home again, or distressed, or depressed, or afraid. However it is that we come today, the psalmist says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so let me just say two things about that. First of all, uh, speaking to those of us who don't have the heart to sing today. Uh, the proclamation of praise is never, ever intended in the Bible to be a celebration that everything is finally all right. Christian praise never comes from a place that says life is easy, life is good, life is safe, life is whole, I have it all figured out and I have it all under control. Those are never the circumstances uh, that produce Christian praise. We don't just praise when we're safe. And we don't just praise when all is right. To the contrary, it's precisely in the moment when nothing has been worked out, when everything feels unsettled, when nothing feels safe, when nothing seems to be under control, when nothing seems to be predictable. It's then, it's precisely then, that praise is most needed. Uh, the psalmist says that uh, when we engage in praise, we're reconnected again to God's faithfulness, His persistent and ongoing and never-ending faithfulness. Praise is the way that we take hold of God's hand in the dark. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego praised God in the fiery furnace before they knew what the outcome would be. Daniel praised God in the lion's den before he knew that he would be delivered. Jesus praised God in the garden and on the cross. Paul and Silas praised God. They worshiped God from the depths of a dungeon cell. Praise for Christians is engaged in the depths from the sorrow in the darkness because it's how we hold on to the faithfulness of God again. John the Revealer was going through a time of exile and imprisonment. And while he was on that uh, island of exile, if anybody needs a mask, by the way, we have some available. The Holy Spirit is distributing them as we speak. John was on the uh, island of uh, Patmos when God pulled back the curtain. And uh, if you recall, uh, the angel of God said to John at that point, John, I want to show you right now what is most real, what is most lasting, what is most permanent, what matters most. And what John saw in that moment was this. 
he saw a picture of unceasing worship and unceasing praise. Not a picture of what would be someday, but a picture of what is happening right now. John saw a picture of praise that is occurring in this moment, at this time. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. That song is going on at this time. And you and I are invited to join in with our own song, with our own praise, with our own singing, with our own celebration. And as we do, we find ourselves lifted again before the throne of God. And the second thing that I want to say is this. And this one is to those of us who are feeling a great sense of relief, a great sense of joy, a sense that we're back doing the thing that we were made to do, like we're back where we belong. The proclamation of praise that we're feeling in our bones that we're called to do is not just for you. Uh, the point of the church has never, ever just been to come together so that we could praise together. But the psalmist also says that uh, the song that we sing and the worship that we lift is also intended for the world. Uh, the psalmist begins with uh, the, the, a picture of the whole earth worshiping God. He envisions a day when all of God's creation bends the knee before God in worship. It's a vision that is global, cosmic even. The church has always lived in this rich tension of being both gathered and sent. We're the gathered people and we are also the sent people. And the reality is that they both require each other. It's like breathing in and breathing out. And so today, if you're finding yourself mostly relieved, grateful to be back, grateful to be gathered again, allow that same desire to be nurtured in you to be the sent out ones also. You were equally made for that. The song that you sing here today is a song that the whole world needs to hear. It's a song of healing and it's a song of hope. The Gospel lectionary reading for today is a reading that uh, pairs uh, really well with Psalm 100. It's a reading from Matthew's Gospel, and uh, in my translation it's described Jesus is sending out the twelve. And this is what we read in Matthew 10. Jesus sent the twelve disciples out with these instructions. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Hear the, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out the demons. Give as freely as you were given. Now is not only a time to gather, uh, but it's also a time to be sent. Uh, it's a time to be the good news of Jesus. It's a time to proclaim the grace of Jesus, the kingdom of God, to be disciples who are making disciples, to sing not just to each other in this community, but to sing to a 
broader city that is hurting and lonely and afraid. Church of God, you're both gathered and sent. We're called to learn to sing. We sing together, even when we're far from home, and even when joy seems distant. We're called to learn to sing. And we're called to learn to sing to our city, to be good news bearers, to announce the beautiful name of Jesus to our friends and to our neighbors and to strangers who desperately need to hear the good news of salvation. Be the church gathered and sent. Learn to sing to his glory. Would you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, thank you for this time of being together in your word. Lord, however it is we have come today, whatever our need, whatever our hope and expectation, whatever our fear, uh, whatever it is we're missing, whatever it is we're seeking, Lord, I pray that your word today, this, uh, this invitation to be people who call on your name, uh, that, that it would find a home in our hearts, that we would be um, raised to new life with your son, and that we would live that abundant life uh, in our city. Lord, thank you for gathering us, and thank you for sending us. In Jesus' name, amen.